Welcome to the Two Journeys Podcast. This is part one of episode 31 in the book of John, entitled The Vine and the Branches, where we discuss John chapter 15, verses 1 through 17. I'm Wes Treadway, and I'm here with Pastor Andy Davis. Andy, what are we going to see in these verses today? Well, this is a, an incredibly rich section of uh, our, our fellowship with and walking with Jesus Christ. Uh, if you're a disciple of Jesus Christ, uh, the idea of Jesus as the vine and we as the branches deriving life-giving, nourishing sap from him continually gives you a sense of the, the immediacy of fellowship that with, with Christ that we all must have. It's the fulfillment of the word Emmanuel, God with us. It's, it's the power of the Holy Spirit to mediate that to us. It is what the daily walk with Jesus is all about. Then the second half of the section we're gonna look at today is all about love. It's about the obedience of love, the fact that if we love him, we'll obey his commandments, the self-sacrifice of love, greater love has no one than this, that he laid down his life for his friends and the fact that love will mark us as disciples of Christ. So there's a lot to cover today. I love that. So it seems like there's two major sections here, abide and love. I'm looking forward to talking about that with you today. So let me read the first 17 verses of John chapter 15 to set the stage. I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this is my Father glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all that I have heard from my Father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you, that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you, so that you will love one another. Andy, in what way is Jesus a vine while we are the branches, and what is the Father's role in this? Well, there is uh, a regular pattern that Jesus has of using agricultural analogies or agricultural uh, agricultural parables. Hmm. And so it's really quite amazing. I think some of the other ones give us a sense of 
complete dependence on God. You know, uh, you plant a seed, somebody waters or you waters, and then you can't do anything else to it. God has to give the growth. And so there's a sense of dependence on God to do things. This is a picture of dependence on Christ. That's the image I have here is mm. Jesus, the tr true, uh, true vine, and we are the branches means that we must stay close to Christ. We must be connected with Christ. That leads me to another very important theological concept, and that is our spiritual union with Christ, which is taught in the book of Romans, mm -hmm. where it, it says that we uh, who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. We were buried with him through baptism and a death, and we were raised by the power of the Spirit into newness of life. So we're, we have a union with Christ in his death and in his resurrected life. This is, this is a, a practical way of understanding that union. Uh, we can all understand a branch connected to a tree or a branch connected to a vine. The branch derives all that it needs to stay alive from that connection. Mm. So there are, are microscopic tubules like uh, pipelines that, that draw, suck nutrients from the soil. Uh, that it needs, every leaf needs in order to live. In this case, I think we picture, I think we all picture a grapevine. Mm -hmm. And so the idea here is that the grapes, all the sugars and the, and the, and the nutrients that it needs come from the soil. And even the water comes primarily from the soil. I guess it could be absorbed through the leaves, but comes from the root system and it gets sucked up and pumped through the vine out through the branches and then out to the fruit. Mm. And so the idea is one of remaining intimate, I think consciously intimate with Jesus. I think the, the issue here, when he's talking about abiding, dwelling, remaining, be consciously aware of me hmm. at every moment. Be aware of who I am. Be aware of my holiness, of my authority over you, of the commands that I've given that should saturate your life and give you direction in life. Think about this stuff all the time like a vine in the branches. Mm, that's really helpful. Basically, think of me as the very life that's yeah. sustaining you. Yeah. Apart from me, he's gonna say, apart from me, you can do nothing. And that's what I, I think. If there is a saw, a sharpened saw that goes through and severs that connection, it dies. And we'll talk about that. He gives that very same analogy. Yeah, so let's talk a little bit about that because it seems the father here, Jesus refers mm -hmm. to him as the vine dresser. Yeah. And it, it seems that the father interacts differently with fruitless and fruitful branches. Mm -hmm. So what does the father do to fruitless branches? And do you think that these verses teach that you can lose your salvation? Yeah, so much of what you just said. And I didn't answer your question a moment ago about the father. So the father's the vine dresser, Jesus says. So the it's he's a gardener, he's a he's a farmer who's who's on it all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, Jesus said, My father's always at his work to this very day. So the idea then is that Jesus is working on individual Christians at every moment. He never lets them alone. He's always doing things. Mm -hmm. Or you could also say, not or, I think it's more and, uh, the Father is also working on uh, every local church, every healthy church. He's working on the universal church. He's just at work all the time. And he is tending the, the, uh, the whole system, the whole branch, branch system. He's looking at everything. You could picture the skillful gardener uh, lifting up a branch, holding it in his skillful hands. He looks at each little, uh, little offshoot. He looks mm. at the grapes. He's just, he studies and works 
all the time. The Father's the vine dresser. Now, if you if you say that as he's analyzing it, it, it says he cuts off every branch of me that bears no fruit. Mm-hmm. While every branch that does bear fruit, he says he prunes. The Greek is literally cleans, but he prunes it so that it will be even more fruitful. So here I think it might be beneficial to think of local churches um, or even the the universal church, but you can't be, I think if you could be cut off of the universal church, then you really can lose your salvation. So instead, I would think uh, of a local church, an assembly of believers, assembly of people. Uh, We hope they're all believers. Uh, That's the goal, but we know it's not necessarily true. Mm. And so the Father is active on each of these individuals. And every person, we're talking about people, every person that bears no fruit gets cut off in every respect from Christ and withers and dies and is burned in the fire. Mm. So what I would say then is that fruit is essential to prove life. If there is life, there will be fruit. If there is no fruit, there was no life. And if there was no life, then you're dead in your transgressions and sins, you'll be condemned on Judgment Day. So the burning of the fruitless branches on Judgment Day really just refers to to people who bore no fruit for Jesus and who are proved to be unconverted people and are condemned to eternity because their sins were not forgiven. So no, I don't think this teaches that you can lose your salvation. I think what it teaches is what we learn in James chapter two, apart from works, uh, faith is dead. If you have faith but no works, Mm. you're dead. So there is absolutely, in every case that there's regeneration, there is fruit. Now John MacArthur divides fruit into two categories. I love this. There's attitude fruit and action fruit. So attitude is a lot of what we see in 1 Corinthians 13, the love, love mm-hmm. is patient, love is kind, doesn't envy, doesn't boast, not easily angry, keeps no argument of wrongs. Um, or again, uh, the fruit of the spirit, love, joy is an attitude, peace, patience is an attitude. So these are, these are demeanors or dispositions of the soul. And then there's action fruit, things you do. There's money given to the poor and needy, there's evangelism, there's prayer, there's good works that we do. If there's none of any of that, you are not born again. Hmm. It's just that simple. And so when it says he cuts off every branch in me, that's troubling. I think what that means is kind of hanging on. You could imagine even a dead branch or a severed thing just laying on top of the, of the, uh, of the vine, but it's not, it's not actually connected to it. Sure. It's not actually alive. Hmm. And so I think every local church has people that claim to be Christians and they aren't. Hmm. like the Judas principle. They look good on the outside, but they really are corrupt. They're really uh, unconverted people. But we don't know who they are, just like the disciples didn't know Judas was a, was a traitor. So when it says, he cuts off every branch of me that bears no fruit, what he means is uh, those people are ultimately just nominal, hanger on, they are deceivers, hypocrites. They look good on the outside, but they really are dead. Then secondly, he says, he prunes every branch in me uh, so that it will be even more fruitful. So you've got fruit, so you're alive, but you could be more fruitful. Hmm. And so what the Father does is he cuts off what I've, I've been uh, told that the word is suckers. These are small little branches that are beside the point. Hmm. They are growing, they're coming off, they're maybe curly cues and they're coming off and they're just not doing anything, but they are siphoning off 
resources. Hmm. And so that would be just a sanctification process where things that are beside the point of what God's doing in your life, he's gonna cut them off. Hmm. So these would be sin patterns or just wasting time, giving resources. By the way, I think it's the exact same image um, that we get uh, although I, I think those people are unconverted people, but I think the idea of shared nutrients and all that is of the seed that's sown among the thorns um, or the weeds, and they grow up and choke out the plant, making it unfruitful. The, the idea is there's limited resources in the soil, yeah. and all of it needs to go to fruitfulness. Yeah. And so the idea is that the Father is zealous over our fruitfulness and trims out things in our lives. He's active trimming things out. This is the pattern of, of mortification of sin and of, of sin habits in our life so that we'll be even more fruitful. Yeah, it's helpful as we think about even things that are taken away that we might mourn over for a season, but then recognize that it's actually part of the Lord's work in yeah. refining us and, or to use the word of John 15 here, pruning us so that we can be more fruitful. Hmm. So verse three uh, says, already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Mm -hmm. In what way are we already clean by the word? Well, it's interesting. I mentioned uh, he, he um, prunes. Mm -hmm. So that is the, it's the Greek word cleans. Yeah. So he cleans those who are clean. That's really what it is. And mm -hmm. it's the same thing with the foot washing earlier in, in this whole section of John's gospel in John 13. Um, he, um, he says, you're already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. That's justification. That's positionally clean. We are positionally pure in the sight of God from the moment of justifying faith. Mm. Um, so he, he cleans us from really outward defilements, from habitual patterns of sin and all that. But we have already been cleaned through and through by uh, positionally by uh, justification, by faith. So that's what I think that means, that, that he's cleaning you of habits and sin nature, that's sanctification, so that you become more and more uh, fruitful for the glory of God. So you mentioned earlier a little bit about what it means to abide or remain in Christ. And according to verse four, what's at stake in our abiding or not abiding in Christ? Well, he says, um, if, you, if you remain in me, you'll be fruitful. If you don't remain in me, you cannot be fruitful. So abiding produces fruit. Hmm. And so here, it's a complex image. And I, I think, you know, you're either abiding or you're not. But there is a command to abide. So weirdly, we can almost picture a, a living branch that has fruit, but there's a, an air gap, an inch air gap between it and the, and the vine for a time, then suddenly, amazingly, it's grafted back in hmm. and it perks up and, 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 and more, more uh, nourishing sap flows through and the, the grapes all get a little perkier and then there's that inch gap again. That's us, Wes, that's you and me. We are in and out and in and out of abiding with Jesus. Mm. Sometimes we are abiding vigorously and sweetly and powerfully, and we are walking in the power of the Spirit, and we're actively fellowshipping with Jesus. And then other times we're not. And so really what's hanging in the balance, I think, is fruit, fruitfulness. Mm -hmm. And I think day by day by day, there's some fruit that was supposed to happen that day. Mm. And if we don't abide, that day's fruit will not happen. Yeah, and verse five goes on to confirm that, right? It says, whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that 
bears much fruit. Right. So it seems to confirm that that the only way that we're to mm-hmm. go on abiding or go on bearing fruit is yeah. by abiding in him. So let's combine this with that that critical verse in Ephesians 2:10. Mm. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance that we should walk in them. Mm-hmm. Now we bring in John 15. Walking in them is abiding in Jesus. And then you'll do the good works. But if you don't abide in Jesus, you won't do that day's good works or even more more uh, detailed. You won't do that hour's good works. You could not abide from 11 in the morning till 2.30 in the afternoon, repent, get closer to Jesus, and then do the good works that he meant for you to do from three to five. That's kind of how we live our lives. <laughs> Thanks, Andy. That's all the time we have today, but we want to thank you for joining us for part one of episode 31 in the book of John, entitled The Vine and the Branches. We invite you to join us next time for part two of this discussion, where we'll continue to talk about John chapter 15, verses 1 through 17. Thank you for listening to the Two Journeys podcast, and may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Thank you for listening to this resource from twojourneys.org. Feel free to use and share this content to spread the knowledge of God and build His kingdom. Only we ask that you do so for non-commercial purposes and in accordance with the copyright policy found at twojourneys.org. Two Journeys exists to help Christians make progress in the two journeys of the Christian life, the internal journey of sanctification and the external journey of gospel advancement. We do this by exporting biblical teaching for the good of Christ's church and for the glory of God.